Welcome in to another episode of the Football Monsters Podcast. You got your host, Caleb, and my boy, Devin. Devin, how we doing? Hey, I'm doing good, man. It's been a killer long week. Feel like I haven't talked to you in a month. Oh, my gosh. Actually, yeah, we haven't talked almost all week, and it's been rather disappointing. Uh, Has been, has been. But uh, we got an exciting episode here today. Yeah, man. Who we got with us today? And we got the Patriots 300 level podcast here. We got Kevin and Eric. Guys, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, doing great. Excited. Oh, yeah, guys. I am excited to have you guys uh, because, well, a few things. Some of my favorite players in this draft went to some of these teams in this division. So we get to talk about that, which is going to be exciting. Uh, But I've actually never had the pleasure of talking with somebody that's been a massive Patriots fan. So I'm really going to be curious if you guys, by the end of all of this, is going to make me a Patriots fan. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick guys if you wanted to outreach us you can meet uh come check us out at the monsters fb on all of our social media pages and eric and kevin just for all of you know our listeners out there if they wanted to come check out your guys's podcast or any of your social media pages where could they find you guys at uh, you guys can follow us at, at Pat's 300 Level Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and you can also search us on YouTube, um, Patriots 300 Level Podcast. Uh, so available on all um, content forms, um, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, uh, and then follow us obviously on, on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so I think that's about it. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. I love whenever you have to sit there and say all of the social or all of the podcast platforms because I didn't realize. <laughs> any of them there actually are <laughs> until until i went down i'm like wow there's more than just apple podcasts <laughs> like no there's a ton <laughs> it's kind of annoying to have to set up all those rrs things uh but you gotta do what you gotta do um yeah, all right, exactly boy. luckily luckily they usually handle most of it for you but probably five or six years i manually do it for so true that is true yeah we've um we just ended up making a change recently because i was tired of manually doing so much work yeah. <laughs> um, Uh, But great. So we're basically going to hang out with you guys. We're going to talk the AFC East. Uh, Lots of changes have taken place this year in the AFC East. Uh, But today we're just going to, or at least this episode, we're just going to talk about the Jets and the Dolphins. And let's just jump into the Jets. So obviously you guys as Patriots fans, I'm I'm assuming um, if I had to pick a team that you would hate the most in this division, would the Jets be close? Uh, I would say you're pretty close. Um, and I think over, over time, I think now it's probably getting closer to the bills just because the jets have been so bad. Oh, yeah. Um, pretty much our whole existence, but <laughs> I would say the jets are, are one of the most hated teams out there. Is it just because yeah, they're a New York team? That. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Yeah. Yeah. pretty much. <laughs> and then like in the early two thousands and even middle two thousands, like we'd have a lot of close matchups with them, even when they weren't like, great they'd always play us tough they might win some and or we might win some close but i think up until there was never really that one team in the division up until the bills recently so they're the ones that always played us tough plus they're from new york yeah yeah i just know the whole new york boston thing that's just never a good it doesn't matter if you're 
you know, the opposing team is good or not, you still hate them. So I was always just yeah, assuming. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's go ahead and jump in. So uh, we know that they had some big offseason moves here. Obviously, they brought in Lincoln Tomlinson, which was a big thing, a big upgrade for their offensive line that has just been rather atrocious, uh, you know, definitely last year, but even in years past. Um, how are you guys looking at, you know, the Jets this year? So we've got Zach Wilson coming into year two, one of the most sacked quarterbacks last season. I think his QBR was around 44, which is pretty freaking bad for how talented this guy is. Um, are you guys even a little bit concerned about the Jets taking a pretty hefty jump moving forward this season? Uh, I think I, I can go first and Eric can kind of back me up here. We, we were just talking about this um, probably a week or so ago. They had a pretty good draft. Um, they have three players in the first round, uh, four players in the top, I think 106. Um, so they had a really strong, in the top uh, really, yeah. So they had a really strong, um, strong draft. They got Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, Brees Hall. Um, but I, I think the way I see it is that, they're always going to be the jets until the, they're not the jets. Uh, so I, I'm not, I'm not too concerned and they always find a way to ruin a quarterback. They ruined Sam Darnold. Um, mm. I feel like the way that it was going last year, uh, Zach Wilson got hit a ton and that's not great for a rookie quarterback. Mm. And if that happens again, uh, it's going to keep him on a downward trajectory and it may end up ruining him as well. So uh, Eric, I'm not sure if you want to piggyback off of that. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think at least as of now, I'm not really too concerned with the Jets. I know that they did get Lake and Tomlinson who's, and DJ Reed, who should help their team. And then they had a really good draft, at least on paper. I think Sauce Gardner should at least help make this defense take a step in the right direction. And then I know that they were in conversations with all the top uh, wide receivers that were trying to get traded. They tried to get Tyreek Hill. They tried to get Devont, uh, Devontae Adams. They weren't, and then they tried to get Debo Samuel. They didn't get any of them, so they ended up drafting Garrett Wilson, who should help uh, Zach Wilson. But I think just right now, Zach Wilson, he had a pretty bad first half of the season, and then he got a little better as the season went on. I think part of it was just the jump from uh, college to the NFL, but also one thing is he didn't have a backup quarterback with experience uh, last Mm -hmm. season to help him along the way up until they traded for uh, Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. So Mac, Mac Jones for the Patriots, for instance, last year, he was a rookie, but he had Brian Hoyer who had 15 years experience in the NFL, who could be essentially another coach in his ear, helping him along the way. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson didn't really have that. Plus his offense line wasn't great. He got hit a lot. So I think it just depends if he's able to take that next step this upcoming year. But I, I just don't know if he's able to, he has all the talent in the world. It just depends on the situation he was put into. Yeah. And to, to add on that too, with, with him, they have Robert Sala, who's a defensive minded coach. And you see a lot of these other teams that are going with younger quarterbacks that are going with these offensive minded head coaches. Um, they only have Michael Lafer as their offensive coordinator. Didn't have that much experience uh, on the offensive side, but you have those young offensive um uh, offensive coordinators are becoming head coaches that have been able to mold and kind of shape their quarterbacks. And they kind of went the different route and went that defensive coach. And you have to wonder, is that going to also affect Zach Wilson, especially because they didn't have that um, strong backup quarterback that can mentor him. Uh, so I think that's just another thing to throw out there on, on him and his development. Yeah. Very solid point. Devin, what's your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I mean, I was just kind of looking the other day and I want to say, and I know it's OTAs, you know, obviously stuff's going to happen, but I want to say I heard Zach through like two or three interceptions, like back to back to back. 
And I mean, already not a great start for him, you know. Uh, on paper, you know, like you guys said, I mean, they brought in CJ Uzuma, you know, there as a tight end form too. You know, they have a great receiving core now, what Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson. And then the surprise for me, you know, was bringing in Brees Hall, you know, when I thought Michael Carter, you know, showed some great flashes there for him. Um, but I mean, I think Hall's going to be a great talent for him and is really going to help amp that offense. But, you know, I think a couple weeks ago, you know, me and uh, Caleb were even talking about it. And it's like, on paper, the Jets look like they could be a team to, you know, be a force in the league. But at the same point in time, they're the Jets. So what are they going to do to Jets it up and get one of those early picks to just keep trying to bolster a team that's never going to do anything? You know, like <laughs> it just seems to be every year. That's what they seem to do. Um, yeah. On, on paper, though, it is. It's, you know, Sauce Gardner, I, I love that pick for them. Um, and too. Garrett Wilson, you know, I think that, you know, if if Zach Wilson can kind of really, you know, learn the tempo of NFL, kind of, you know, settle down if he's not getting hit as much, you know, with the weapons he has, I think he has, you know, all the potential in the world there. Um, but he's just going to have to really be able to step into it and kind of be able to take his time and, you know, really mesh well with this team that he has here. Yeah, man. I, I mean, we, you know, we've all said it now, but yeah, they had some, one of the best drafts possible, you know, out of every team from this NFL draft this past year. I mean, sauce Gardner fell on their freaking lap. Um, Garrett Wilson was my top wide receiver and Brees Hall was our majority of people's number one running back. I was shocked they took Brees Hall because of Michael Carter, and I thought that he was sufficient. But now you've got a one-two punch that is extremely solid as long as an offensive line can actually hold up and play the way that they're supposed to. And obviously, if Mekhi Becton comes back and will stay healthy for a full season, that will also help. But, I mean, this team looks like it's ready to go. And... Yeah, I'm just I like you guys said I'm I'm nervous sitting here thinking like, you know, and even think of fantasy relevance here, you know. So, obviously you you'll take Brees Hall in most drafts. You're you're going to take a shot on Elijah Moore, but if if you're looking to redraft, I mean, this team scares the hell out of me as far as like is is it going to actually work? Will will Robert Sala somehow or Mike LaFleur, I guess in this instance, figure out how to use these players in the correct fashion and not waste the talent like the Jets have done for the past, what, I mean, Mark Sanchez all the way back to that. I mean, it's <laughs> been, and it probably even previous, I mean, it's been really, really garbage for quite a while. So it's going to be very interesting. So, okay, just real quick then. So they finished four and 13 last year. You guys going above or below four and 13 for their season next year. I think I would go. Oh, go ahead. Aaron. Go ahead. I was going to say, I would go probably one or two more wins. So uh, with the increase in talent, I, I still think the jets are going to find a way to, to jets it up. Yeah. Um, so I'm saying probably uh, six wins this year. Yeah. I'd, I'd say something similar to that. I'd say either five and 12, six and 11. I think the just the amount of talent that the AFC has just got this year, how a lot of teams in the AFC have gotten so much better even though the Jets have gotten better with these younger players, I just think that, and I could be surprised, but I, I don't know if they'll be able to get past that six win mark. Yeah, I, I definitely yeah. think it's going to be a little tough. And you're right, dude. The AFC has just gotten stacked. 
Uh, sucks yeah. for all of you AFC fans that are now on this podcast. Uh, maybe I need to take my shot with an NFC team. It might be easier to get to a Super Bowl. Um, but but uh, yeah, all right. Well, let's go ahead and... Um, or Devin, you got anything else you want to add about the Jets? No, no. I mean, that's kind of where I'm looking at them too is the five to six wins. I, you know, I see a little bit of improvement. Um, I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, as you're talking about, you know, not really having a team that you're a fan of and, you know, even me with the struggles as a Colts fan, you know, that I've faced through the years with luck and stuff. But like as a Jets fan, it's got to be heartbreaking to constantly (laughs) have these drafts where you just keep getting these players and you're like, this is our year. And, you know, people are still projecting you at a four to six wins. Like, uh, that's got to be rough. (laughs) Yeah. And no one, no one quote me because I don't have this pulled up currently, but didn't didn't they also draft a first round cornerback last year? So like, if I'm not mistaken, they've taken cornerbacks in the past couple drafts pretty high and they've now had to take another one. So it's Mm -hmm. either you guys are really bad at finding cornerback talent for your team or you just want to continue to spend top end picks on cornerbacks. I mean, again, I think sauce Gardner's on a whole nother level than any cornerback on their, on their team right now, but still like, it just makes me wonder what that draft room must be like. And I can't even imagine being a Jets fan, which is why I'm not going to be a Jets fan. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, if I decided to plant my flag near Detroit, I feel like it would be very similar <laughs> mentalities of, paper bags and a lots of crying with a blanket or something. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to say the least, uh, let's go, let's go down and talk about a, a, a more fun team. Cause they, they got a lot going on, um, front office wise and even, um, player wise. Then let's talk about those, these dolphins. So obviously the big splash that the dolphins made, cause they had little to no draft capital after this anyway, um, was the trade for Tyreek Hill. Uh, I was kind of surprised about it. I wasn't surprised to see Tyreek Hill get traded. We all kind of saw it coming with, you know, all these wide receivers wanting more money, blah, blah, blah. So they're all, they all started getting moved, but I was really surprised that Miami kind of took the stab at it. And I'm also even more surprised that Tyreek Hill was so willing to go to Miami. So, um, first and foremost Tua. Huge issue. The underthrow football, he's already come out and said, ah, it's not a big deal. That's one clip. Well, I mean, that's pretty bad ball, but <laughs> you guys, whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, you got Jalen Waddle out there. Cedric Wilson, I think was a really interesting pickup because I think he's a, a solid number three, just wasn't being able to be used correctly down in Dallas. And their draft was, you know, a third round, fourth and two sevenths. So there's just not much that we really have to talk about there. But what's your guys' thoughts on Miami? I mean, they now have probably also the largest running back room of talent I think I've ever seen in my life on one team. Um, but what's your guys' thoughts on the Dolphins this year? I think the biggest question mark for me, at least with the Dolphins, is the head coach. Uh, they lost Brian Fl- or they fired Brian Flores and they brought in Mike McDaniel. Um, I think Kevin would agree with me. I think Brian Flores is one of the top five coaches in the NFL. Oh yeah. Uh, he's been able to get talent or he's been able to get teams with not much talent to play their best. And then I think the unknown of Mike McDaniel, some of the coaches coming up that are young, you see some play- coaches that are doing really well, like Sean McVay, but you see others that just, they don't have it. So 
since he doesn't really have head coaching experience, it's more of a question mark. So are they able to play up to their best? Like they were at times with Brian Flores, or is there going to take a step back there? Mm-hmm. But for me, that's my biggest question mark with the dolphins other than Tua. but I <laughs> also know think, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then yeah, but- like you were saying, I don't think Tyree kill. It's kind of a, question mark of how mm. he's really going to fit in this offense with two at quarterback. I think yeah. just his talent alone mixed with Jalen Waddle. Those are two really good wide receivers that you're going to have to cover. But if you don't have a quarterback and that can throw it down the field, is it really a good fit there? Yeah. yeah I think I have to agree with, with Eric on I pretty much what, what he was saying. Um, can you guys hear me? I yeah, yeah, yeah you're good. For a second. All right. Um, <laughs> so, um, sorry about that. Uh, it was one all black. Um, but yeah, so I, I have to agree with Eric. Uh, I'm pretty much both of those two things with the Brian Flores. Um, he was a, a fantastic coach. He, he got um, this Dolphins team to win, I think, six games at the end of their season a few years ago when they had no talent whatsoever. And then with Mike McDaniel, is he going to be the Brandon Staley of coaches and lose you two or three games a year? Um, or is he going to be Sean McVay? Uh, so that, that's the big question mark um, for me. And then uh, Tua, I don't think we have to really explain too much where I don't think it doesn't sound like you guys are even big fans of him either. <laughs> um, he, he's got no arm. Uh he's doesn't see seem to have too much anticipation with his throws. Um, and even when they beat the Patriots last year, they, he threw for what, 150, 200 yards a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's nothing really outstanding there. Um, and then with Tyreek Hill, the other question mark with him too, is they not only traded a bunch of picks for him, but they gave him a boatload of money uh, mm-hmm. for, for his contract. So how is that going to work with him finally getting his big payday? Is he going to try as much um, as he was with the Chiefs? What's going to happen with him being down in South Beach? Uh, that's a really tempting spot with the beaches, all the clubs, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, is he going to play his hardest when he has all those distractions and all of that money with him? And let's not forget, he wasn't a Boy Scout over with the Chiefs and then when he was in college too. So uh, <laughs> could he find his way into a little bit of trouble there? So... Um, those are some big question marks with them. Um, and I, I think without having Flores there to really cement them down, um, I do, I do think they're going to st- take a step backward this year. Dude, that's a, yeah, I, you know I, what? I didn't even think about that. Sorry, Devin. I didn't mean to cut you off brother, but I didn't even think about the whole, you know, Tyreek Hill being in South beach. Like I, I got that point, but yeah, dude, he, what he got in trouble for beating his beating a kid. I think it was his kid, obviously, but beating his kid and then beating up a a woman, and that happened also in college. And then that's why he had to transfer from I forgot what like Oklahoma State or something to that D three school. So that's a solid that's a solid take, Devin. What were you thinking? Yeah, no, I mean, I was going to say the same thing. You know, I uh, didn't really think about him being down there and what that was going to mean for him. You know, um, the only thing I've been looking at is, you know, going from, you know, the Lamborghini of Patrick Mahomes right. to the, you know, <laughs> the Honda the, Civic. The Honda up. Civic. I was thinking Ford Focus, you know, like, yeah. yeah like, like um, I mean, the thing is, I mean, you know, this is a fast team. You know, they've got Mostert, if if he can stay healthy. Um, you know, Waddle and Hill, you know, even Tua, you know, like they have some great speed there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, how creative can you get on your slant routes? Because that deep pass just isn't there with Tua. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that I think that's going to be something a lot of teams are going to pick up on very quick and be able to shut that down. Um, 
I just, I don't understand this running back room. No. Um, one of my favorite moves that they did make this off season was, you know, signing Armstead, um, yeah. really bolstering that offensive line, you know, um, as a Colts fan needing a tackle, you know, and Armstead being on the board, like, I was like, come on, like someone, please sign this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, what you have Edmonds, Moster, you got Sony, Michelle. I mean, that backfield is just insane. Like, and that from a fantasy standpoint, like, you oh, know, yeah. I don't want to tell anybody there, Yeah, you know? Um, but you know, even the same thing when it comes to Tyreek Hill, you know, like you had a, you know, top five wide receiver because of the, you know, what he could do with Patrick Mahomes. And now, you know, I don't even know if I have him staying in the top 15 of receivers this year. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see, but I just, I definitely see they're going to take a step back. I think Tyreek Hill is going to want a lot of, you know, attention thrown his way. And two is not going to be able to do it. And I think I can already see a fight happening between that. And so I'm kind of curious to see how that all plays out. Do you think they're going to slap each other in the head? You know, because right. of their fantasy. I don't, I don't know if you guys are baseball fans at all, but there was that fantasy uh, yeah. football thing between Tommy <laughs> Fam. So, yeah. But no, I, I agree, man. Like my, my main focus was this with Tyree Kill was just the fact that you're coming from Patrick Mahomes, which is really good at keeping a play alive. And it gives you the ability as somebody that likes to be able to play backyard style football, get open, make plays, kind of just run around and do your thing. That is not going to happen at all in this offense. In fact, no. you know, you look at Mike McDaniel coming from the Kyle Shanahan tree out in San Francisco. Do they plan on maybe running Tyreek Hill like they did a Debo Samuel last year, kind of doing some of those jet sweeps? He's a lot smaller than Debo Samuel. So obviously he won't line up in the backfield per se. He can't take those type of hits. But just what are they going to do with him <laughs> is really, I think, what I want to see the most is. Tua coming out of college, believe it or not, I'm a left-handed. I played, I was a quarterback and I was left-handed. So I was really rooting for this guy. And I was like, oh man, he's not bad. But then it kind of came down to the, oh, it's another Alabama quarterback that just did the Alabama quarterback thing, which is mm-hmm. look really good coming out of college and can't make the transition. Cause he, he threw one deep ball to Devonta Smith in a championship game. And that was it. He hasn't thrown one since. So I don't know where the all of a sudden accuracy has disappeared. And, I, you know, he had anticipation, you know, in college, but he's just not shown anything at the NFL level. So it's very disappointing to see somebody drop so freaking fast. And again, looking at the rest of this team, like past Cedric Wilson, they've got nothing as far as wide receivers go. Uh no depth whatsoever. They have more depth at running back. I mean, they have four starters at running back, in my opinion. And Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Sony Michelle, and Miles Gaskins. And I have been a yeah. Miles Gaskins truther for two years because that's about all he's been relevant for so far because they keep trying to get, like figure out ways to not play him. But I mean, all four of these guys could technically start somewhere and they've got four of them. It's just, it's very weird. Very weird. And not to mention, again, we also know, you know, you guys, you guys brought it up earlier. Um, and now I just forgot Brian Flores. Jeez, I almost forgot his name. But Brian Flores, I was so pissed off. And if anybody doesn't know, you could go back and listen to the episode when I found out that he got fired. But I lost my freaking mind because <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking this is the only coach in the NFL, in my opinion, that would have been able to come into Miami and do what he did and literally do it with a 
kind of a bunch of nobodies at that time. Like there wasn't a ton of talent. I mean, for crying out loud, your number one was Devonta Parker, like, which we'll talk about later because he's not with you guys. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, there was just not much going on down there. And he made a team. And I, I'm sure you guys remember this whole thing, the whole tanking for Tua at number one. Yep. Dude, his team ended up drafting at like number seven that year because like they traded everyone of note away and still won like seven games or six games. Like, how is that even possible? So yeah, that was probably the least talented team I've ever seen uh, NFL team roster and they still end up winning <laughs> 60 plus games. Yeah. And they were still better than the jets. Like it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah I mean, so th- the fact that Pittsburgh ended up getting him, you know, I, I really hope he gets another chance at an NFL co- head coaching position. And I think it is ridiculous. And this is the last point I really wanted to bring up when I heard this and I'm curious your guys' thoughts as you know, fans of football in general, but especially of the AFC East is when you heard that Steven Ross went to him and was like, Hey man, we really want you to start throwing away these games and we're going to give you, you know, a hundred thousand dollars to, you know, to lose. What does that do for like the, like just the, the game in general, you know, like you're basically now kind of tainting what the NFL is. Yeah. I I thought that, that should be one of the biggest scandals in NFL history. Um, it, it's one thing to in the off season, prepare your team to not be successful where you trade away players like they did essentially how they trade away uh, Mike and Fitzpatrick and they trade away Laramie Tunsil to trade away players to get assets so that maybe the next off season you can either draft or trade. That's one thing, but to intentionally lose games during the game, I think that's just a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Um, where it can affect other teams. It can affect teams making the playoffs. It can affect sports betting, especially since betting is now a huge yeah. uh, impact on in the NFL. So I think we haven't really heard much of it since then. I know the NFL is quote unquote looking into it, <laughs> but I think that is a huge, should be a huge scandal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they want this story to kind of die off because they have that DraftKings and all those other sports betting uh, applications that they're really getting tied to right now. And this would be a, a horrible look uh, oh, yeah. for any people that, that are trying to place bets where, you know, the game is on the level. So I think they're trying to stink this kind of under the rug. Um, and I kind of posed this question to Eric before he posed it to me. I can't remember because it was a few months ago, but when, when Flores was on, on the market, he should have been the top coach that was looked after and people oh, should yeah. have been firing the coaches to get him. Yeah. I would get rid of I, Brandon I Staley Chargers, in a second. Would, yeah. <laughs> Fire Staley and get Flores. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was, I'm, I'm still not even happy that, you know, he's, I know Mike Tomlin's happy as heck right now because he was able to get <laughs> such a talented coach as like an assistant, you know, I mean, obviously you should at minimum have him as your assistant coach. But I'm, I was really ticked off that all of these teams wouldn't even, they didn't even bring them in for interviews because of all of this stuff. And I just find that ridiculous. And, you know, not that we're, you know, talking about, you know, Washington and the NFC East, but, you know, you now have two teams over there on the East Coast with Washington and Miami, where I feel like those, those owners should no longer be owners. They just should not be able to even be in that same room anymore because that's ridiculous. 100%. Mm-hmm. So very disappointing. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that Gruden, that Gruden lawsuit kind of brings to light some of that stuff of Washington because I'm a big Gruden fan. I, I don't like the comments that he said, but I also they were 
they were meant to be private. So yeah. Um, the fact that they singled him out when they've got 60 something thousand emails uh, of other people, um, we, we know that he's not the only one. So oh, yeah. uh, it should be interesting to see how that lawsuit uh, wraps up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, come, wraps up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Devin, you got anything else you wanted to add? No, man, that's pretty much it for these two teams. Sweet. All right, guys. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. But real quick, if anybody wanted to come follow your guys' pages again, where could they come and uh, find you guys at? Uh, you guys could follow us at Pat's 300 Level Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and then YouTube or any of the um, podcast platforms out there, Patriots 300 Level Podcast. Um, follow us, subscribe, rate, review. We'd love to have you. Um, we'll have some new episodes coming up with the uh, the mini camps and training camps. And uh, I'll be at training camp this year um, a few times to, to get an in-person look. That's awesome, man. So we'll need to have you back on <laughs> so we can hear some uh, we can hear some live updates from you. That'd be really cool. Uh, and then again, guys, you know where we can find or you guys can find us at is the Monsters FB on all of our social media platforms as well. But thanks again, guys, for listening to another episode of the Football Monsters podcast. And we'll catch you next time. Hey, guys. No, I'm just telling you the facts Oh, these chains can keep me down yeah. I can be rude, be in the mood, I can be rotten I can be cruel, I'm like a fool, but never forgotten Creeping in the dark, waiting for you